Well, hey, we are continuing on with our series of the Ten Guardians, and we've been talking about the Ten Commandments, and we're on to the fourth one here now, and we're going to be talking about rest with God, and that's the fourth commandment, the commandment to keep God's Sabbath. Again, as a reminder, uh, this great prop that we have here, uh, if you're new to the series and you're unfamiliar, you know, what, what is that and what does it mean? Well, this is a, a representation in the Bible of what was called a boundary stone. And it does say in the Word of God that boundary stones were to be taken very, very seriously. They marked off uh, uh, territory on what belonged to who and what, uh, what could be crossed into and what couldn't be crossed into. Uh, they represented guardrails for people. And, and in the Word, there's a, it's a whole study in and of itself that talks about how wrong it is to move a boundary stone, how we're not to move ancient boundary stones. And so in that context, when we talk about the Ten Commandments, you know, we've been uh, acknowledging each time that we take a look at these commandments in this series here that our culture has moved those boundary stones. We used to be a nation that very proudly would display in all of our public places, in our public schools, in the public square, the Ten Commandments because there was a recognition that we were a nation founded on Judeo-Christian values, Old and New Testament values. But we read in the Word of God that when people move away from trusting God's Word, they'll get lost, and those values will become hazy and gray, and they'll shift and they'll change. But God says that He doesn't change, and what is value to Him in the Old Testament, even in thousands of years ago, a couple thousand years ago in the New Testament, they're still God's values for us today. They're still God's commands and God's precepts for us. And so we just want this to be a visual reminder that we are to live anchored in God's commands. And, and then the other thing that I want to remind us of as we get into our fourth command today, you know, we could have just called this, you know, the Ten Commandments series, but we're calling it the Ten Guardians because we want to keep in our thinking. Our culture, again, so often will look at commandments and things that tell us no, things that tell us what not to do, things that tell us what to do. In our culture, we'll look at that as those things are repressive, and we'll look at it like those things are chains and shackles on our lives. But these aren't chains. These are actually guardians and guardrails, and they're, they're safety measures for us as individuals and for our families, for our households, for our, our neighborhood and community, for our state, for our nation, and literally for the nations of the earth. There will be blessing, there will be health, and there will be thriving if we will trust God and live our lives and live society in the way that God has called us to do it. So that's the context of all of these ten guardians. And we're going to move in now, like I said, onto the fourth one that talks about Sabbath rest. So, uh, you, you know, going back to the point I just said about God's commands, this commandment, Sabbath rest, it's interesting because it is one of the most dismissed and under-honored commands on the Ten Commandments list. But, you know, if we violate any of these commands, it's ultimately going to be something that we wind up paying the price for. G.K. Chesterton said, we cannot break the commandments, we can only break ourselves against them. 
So let's look at this back in Exodus chapter 20. We're going to look at verses 8 to 11, and let's look at this fourth commandment. It says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do uh, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy." So, hey, we're, we're watching this, uh, whether you're watching this on the Grace and, Pu- uh, Grace and Peace uh, uh, online page where there's a chat box, maybe you're watching on Facebook, maybe you're watching on YouTube and you've logged in where there's a place to chat. Hey, I'd love for you to type in the box right now, so how do you do with taking Sabbath? Do you live in light of I need a day off every week? Do you live in light of uh, not only am I supposed to have a day off, but God wants me to make that day holy? Boy, what does that even mean? We'll we'll talk about that in just a minute, but just go ahead, and and if you have the availability to do so, it'll be really, really cool when this is going on live here for us to, you know, hear from others. Yep, I keep my Sabbath, or for others, uh, you know, you might say, hey, what Sabbath? And hey, by the way, just a little bit of a confession that I want to make here. Uh, I, I love to work. I love ministry. I love people. I love what I do. Uh, and so when I get up every day, I love to be busy about doing uh, the work of the Lord and, and, and just uh, keeping my day full with all of that. I am somebody that has to do a much better job of honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy unto the Lord. A lot of times days will bleed into days into days, uh, and, and I'm not careful to remember that there is a Sabbath rest that I am commanded to walk in. So I, I, I'm not in a position now to type in the chat box, but I would be typing in, I really need some work in this area. Maybe there's some of you that need some work in this area too. Well, hey, we're going to talk about how we can do that. And hey, by the way, let me throw in one other note in light of this season that we're in of social distancing and the stay home directives that we've been given. So there's a lot of frustration that comes with that. There's a lot of challenge that comes with that. But a message like this today that has to do with how are we choosing to block our time and approach our time? Are we thinking about the way we lay our schedule out? In a season like this, it can be a a tremendous time for us to make some radical changes in how we're approaching our calendar, Sabbath, rest, and so forth. I would even go on to say that working from home, uh, although we find uh, benefits and we find time that we recoup back, if you are working from home, I know there's some that are still out and about and working, but those uh, who have been, you know, directed to be working from home, hey, praise God, I don't have a 30-minute commute back and forth or an hour commute back and forth. But yet on the flip side, working from home can turn into working all day and all night and being in that mode seven days a week. So I, I would say as we're talking about the Ten Commandments here and as we're talking about Sabbath rest, really, really great time for us to not only look at what has been our pattern as we've been doing life maybe the last couple of years, you know, and then look at, so what's my pattern in this current 
lockdown season that we're in. And, and even more important maybe than all of that is, all right, and what is the pattern that I'm going to commit to moving forward in the remainder of this season? And then when we return back to, you know, all of the hustle and bustle that we will eventually get back to, how am I going to approach Sabbath in that season? All right, so with that, you know, uh, it, it, as food for thought, and, and hopefully you're thinking about that, you know, this, this fourth commandment is really interesting for a bunch of reasons. But, you know, just a couple. You know, when, when I read it back in Exodus chapter 20, it was verses 8 to 11. It's several verses. There's a pretty lengthy uh, explanation that's given about this commandment. Others, it's thou shall not steal. Thou shall not kill. You know, just a few words. But this commandment has a lot to it. It's really interesting. It's the one that God most explains, you know, in this listing of the Ten Commandments. Uh, also, it's really interesting. Uh, it's all of the commandments certainly are going to bless us. But of all the commandments, this is one that's not only a blessing to the world around us, and I'll explain why, but it's something that's been given as a gift to us. The Sabbath is a gift that God has given to each one of us. And here's another thing that's interesting about this, this commandment. Um, this command to take a day and rest has been put in the same list with don't murder and don't commit adultery. That's pretty sobering to think, isn't it? When, when God says, okay, here's a list of things for you as a society, things for you as an individual, for you and your household. Don't murder. Don't steal from people. Don't commit adultery. And then on that same top ten list, he says, and make sure you rest and take a day off. You know, I, I know for, for years I would not weigh the fact that if God put that command right there in the same grouping with don't commit murder, it probably deserves a lot more attention than we as Americans uh, uh, typically give to a commandment like this. So what we're going to do in the remainder of our time, because there's so much that we could talk about, and, and the study of Sabbath throughout the Word of God, there, there's so much that God speaks to in His Word regarding Sabbath. In a message like this, we can only hit the tops of the waves and kind of take a big picture view. So I want to acknowledge just a couple of things this morning. First of all, that this commandment has two parts, so I'll talk about that. Second, that Sabbath is indeed found throughout the Bible. And then third, how should we as Christians honor the Sabbath? So we're going to look at those three main areas uh, in the remainder of the message. Okay, so number one, uh, this commandment has two parts. Notice it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. So it's about the seventh day. But it's really important for us to recognize that God puts this in the context of six days shall you work. So we won't say a ton about this here, but the Bible does say that we're to have a strong work ethic. The Bible does say that whatever we put our hand to do, we're to do with all of our might. And when God says take a day of rest, he's saying it in the context because you put your all into working for those six other days that you had. You know, so, uh, hey, uh, entertainment and leisure and, uh, you, you know, uh, the distractions that would pull us away from work 
in our modern culture are probably greater than ever. Even though, you know, it's a bit of a paradox. We're probably more driven, more workaholic-minded in our American culture than ever before. But yet on the flip side, there is so much entertainment and amusement and leisure that can so pull us off track. And so let's recognize if we're going to talk about rest, we need to also understand, I mean, hey, God says if you don't work, you don't eat. So there's this understanding that we are to fully put our hand uh, with all of our might is unto the Lord in, in six days. And then we're to rest on the seventh. Now, it's interesting. The full value of being a human being as God intended for us, it can't be experienced unless we have both those elements, the element of work and the element of worship. So notice it's rest, but it's not go to an amusement park. It's rest as a Sabbath in honor to the Lord. Now, that's not to say that you can't do something recreational on your Sabbath. We'll get to that. But the idea is that we are to keep the Lord completely in the midst of it. So interesting, right? Uh, we can't fully experience all that God wired into us as human beings without worship that would happen on the Sabbath and without there being work. And really, the understanding is our work is to be worship unto the Lord and our Sabbath rest is to be worship unto the Lord as well. So, uh, work, we need to understand, work isn't a part of the curse. Work happened before the curse. It tells us in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 15, the Lord God took the man, this is Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So, Adam was commanded to work the garden before mankind fell into sin. And, you know, too many people assume that the activity of work alone will be fulfillment, you know, and that's why so many people try to find fulfillment in their work. But this recognition of, okay, six days with the day off, day off as worship unto the Lord, rest as worship unto the Lord, six days, and, and what I put my hand to do, that is worship unto the Lord. I can't work without worship, and my worship without the work in the rest of the week is not going to fulfill everything that God has wired into us as human beings. Okay, so that was first. Remember I said there's three things we want to look at. We want to look at the Sabbath as two parts. We want to look at the principle of Sabbath now throughout the Word of God. And here's what I want you to understand. Because again, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the Sabbath in the church world today. Um, so people will want to say, well, hey, because it's part of the law and the Old Testament and we have been redeemed from the law, we don't need to take Sabbath. But I want you to understand, understand God has wired Sabbath into our humanity before he ever unfolded a law with Moses on Mount Sinai with these Ten Commandments. So notice back in creation, if we look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, now, this is the end of the creation account, and it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. But the seventh day God had finished the work that he'd been doing, and so on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. Now, how many know God who is almighty, all-powerful, didn't wear himself out in that six days of creation? This was not God saying, I'm really, really tired and I need a rest. This is God on the front end of everything, literally modeling for us 
There are six days, and then there's a time to be set apart, sanctified unto the Lord. Uh, so God didn't need to take a rest, but he gave himself and as an example for us to follow because he knew that we would need a break once a week. So this principle of Sabbath throughout the Word of God, we see it in creation. We also see it in the people of Israel. Remember when God called the nation of Israel to come out of Egypt, he's then teaching them right? As I just referenced, they're on the Mount, uh, 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 Mount Sinai. Moses is getting the Ten Commandments, and he's teaching Israel how to be God's people. And there's, there's a couple parts to this. He's teaching them what it looks like to be God's people so the rest of the world can see it and know what God is like. But he's also teaching them to be God's people because part of the plan of salvation is going to be the coming of Messiah through God's people. So in him teaching them how to be his people, he brings them back to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. He's trying to raise them up as a nation, and the Sabbath was meant to strengthen them as a people. It was for their benefit, but it was also for God's covenant with them, and it was very serious business. Again, I mentioned earlier, this Sabbath command is on the same list as don't murder. And in the Old Testament, to break the Sabbath was a capital offense. Now, now I want you to think about that for a moment. Why did God say committing murder was a capital offense and breaking the Sabbath was a capital offense as well? I mean, we all know, right, that God was very intentional in everything he commanded and everything he called the people of Israel to do. Well, wired into our humanity, God knew so much that we would need this break, that we would need this rest. Again, not as just total amusement and check out, but for it to be a time sanctified as worship unto the Lord, that through the months and through the years and through the, the, the decades and even the centuries, as God's plan of salvation would unfold, God needed his people to continue to look like and act like and be God's people to the rest of the world. And this idea of Sabbath, to rest, to replenish, to renew in God was an imperative if they were going to not cast off acting like God's people. And isn't that just what we see as they begin to neglect the Sabbath? They start to take on the customs and the pagan practices and the idolatry of the people in the lands around them, and they stop looking like God's people. This is why God said it was so serious. So this Sabbath, again, it's a boundary stone. It's a guardrail to help God's people continue to walk and live as God's people, to be strengthened in Him through all of the, the various circumstances, whether it's day-to-day life or whether it's challenges and crises and things that happen. So, in the people of Israel, uh, there is this command to Sabbath. But you know, it's interesting. God didn't even stop there. He also said, in the land of Israel, there would be Sabbath as well. Look at this in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 2. God says, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. 
And in Leviticus 25, 4, but in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. So interesting, the people needed a rest and the land needed a rest. Hey, have you been pay, paying attention? I'm sure you've seen on social media uh, some of the, the different photos and articles and, and maybe on the news and other places that have been talking about this mandated Sabbath because of this stay-at-home order, what it's been doing as a positive effect for our planet. I've seen pictures of Los Angeles that typically has a cloud of smog over it. That three days after the stay-at-home directive, that, that uh, smog layer had lifted. I, I didn't get to go back and fact-check this and see what this is like, but I've seen other things that have been talking about, you know, some of the waterways that have been so filthy and so polluted because the land has been given a Sabbath rest. That, that those waterways have begun to heal and, and fish have returned. And, you know, I, I, I saw something uh, re related to Venice, uh, that, that the waterways, the water looks a color it hasn't looked in, and nobody can remember when it's looked that good. And now there's, you, you know, uh, fish and animal life returning. You know, it's interesting. We as human beings were called, uh, as, as God's uh, stewards of our planet, we're called to take care of it, not abuse it. You know, it's, it's interesting just watching in this season uh, how as the land gets the Sabbath, uh, God has created it to be able to replenish. That all of these things are, there's a greater health to the environment because whether we've asked for it or not, whether we've liked it or not, our, our, our planet has been given a level of Sabbath that it's not had, at least in the last uh, couple hundred years for sure. So God was so serious about this business of Sabbath rest for the land that Israel was actually thrown out of the land so it was allowed to have its rest. And again, we know, uh, you, you know, farmers and, and those that are experts in agriculture will let us know that you can wear the soil out that you, uh, you can't just keep uh, planting and reaping and planting and reaping in the same soil over and over and over again that you'll eventually just, just deplete that soil. That's why uh, in that seventh year, Israel was to trust God that through that year, as they didn't plant, everything that did grow on its own would fall into the ground and refertilize that ground so that they could have even greater harvest in the years to follow after that. So this principle of Sabbath, we see it in creation, we see it in the people of God, we see it in the, the land of God's people, the land of Israel, and in the new covenant, we see the principle of Sabbath for Christ's followers. So some people, as I mentioned earlier, will mistakenly say that we don't have to observe the Sabbath because we're not a Hebrew and, you know, we're not the people of Israel in, you know, the promised land and so forth, right? Uh, Exodus chapter 31 verse 16 says the Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. Uh, and, and we would also hear things, hey, in the New Testament, we're not under the law, so we don't have to keep the law. And yes, that's true, but the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God, don't go away because Christ has fulfilled the law. Christ didn't erase the law, he fulfilled it. 
And so this principle of Sabbath and taking a day off, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's been wired into us as human beings. So now, now we keep the Sabbath not because we need to keep the law, but we keep the Sabbath because God has wired into us this rhythm of life that we are to work hard and that we are then to give God a day sanctified unto Him so that we can replenish and so that we can renew in Him. So, uh, again, uh, Mark 2, 27, Jesus said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for, for Sabbath. By the time Jesus came on the scene, there was so much extra that God added into this idea of keeping the Sabbath that, that Jesus was being persecuted for healing somebody on the Sabbath. You, you know, for, for, for silly, you know, think about how silly that is. A miracle was done, and because it was a miracle on the Sabbath, it was considered work. And Jesus comes and says, Sabbath is for man, and we read in the New Testament, Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath, but that doesn't mean that Sabbath doesn't continue to happen for us as New Testament believers. All right, so now for the final part of the message here, I want to look at then, so we looked at two parts of the commandment. We looked at Sabbath throughout the Bible. Hopefully, I've convinced you up to this point, number one, that God means business and that we really need to prioritize Sabbath in our lives. Remember again, I'm preaching to me too here. Now let's talk about, so how do we as Christ followers, followers, as New Testament believers, how do we honor the Sabbath and keep it holy unto the Lord? So let's just say it. First and foremost, we rest. So part of Sabbath is rest. And, and I want to encourage you, this isn't primarily a physical rest as much as it is a spiritual rest. Now, now it could be that it includes physical but I guess what I'm saying is this. Hey, if on your Sabbath you want to replenish by just relaxing and watching a football game, I'm not saying that we shouldn't include that as part of a day of rest unto the Lord. But what I'm saying is there needs to be a spiritual component to our Sabbath in all that we're doing. It's, and I want to bring up another point here when we look about resting. The Bible is filled with places for us as New Testament believers where it says, uh, cease your striving, right? It says, wait on the Lord and we will renew our strength. It says, it is by grace that we have been saved, not of ourselves. In other words, nothing that we worked for, nothing that we can earn that can bring salvation. So this, this rest needs to be a rest from saving ourselves. We can't save ourselves anyway, right? But it's a rest in the Lord, and it's a rest in God's love. It's a rest in God's cleansing power. It's a rest in God, a time for our soul to refresh itself as much as it is for us to prepare for the work that we do in the world. And remember, you know, we talk about sacred work and, and secular work, you know, there's some, some pastors that, that will be bivocational pastors, so they pastor in one setting, but they work a secular job. They're really, in God's perspective, there isn't secular work. It's all 
sacred unto him because we ought to all approach our work as calling unto the Lord to be salt and light and doing all that we do as ministry unto him. All right, so, so when we look at how should we keep the Sabbath, there does need to be this resting in him component. You might be playing golf on your Sabbath and, and so maybe or, or, or doing something else that's, that's physical, but that could still be where emotionally, spiritually, in your soul, man, you're resting unto the Lord. I know for many years when I was a youth pastor, uh, my Sabbath day was Monday. And I would be busy in my yard for much of the day if it was a sunny Monday. And I'd be cutting my yard and I'd be pulling weeds and I'd be doing all these different things. But I'd have my earbuds in and I'd be listening to sermons. I'd be listening to the Word. I'd be listening to worship. And I'd be talking to the Lord the whole time uh, uh, on that Monday Sabbath. Uh, so, so I was very busy, but that was so replenishing. I was so recharging. And all of that, I was feeding my spirit, man. I was not thinking about... You, you know, burdens of the ministry or, or, or things that I would be preoccupied with the rest of the week. So I want you to understand you can be doing something physical and still resting in your Sabbath. Okay, uh, so here's another way that we keep the Sabbath. We keep the Sabbath in the way we, uh, the, in, the, in the same way that we honor tithing. You might be saying, I have no idea what you mean by that. We tithe by faith. We need to keep the Sabbath by faith as well. So, so again, let me, let me just explain that. The principle of tithing in the Word of God is if you will trust God that 10% of your income belongs to Him and learn to trust Him that you can live off of the other 90% better than you could on your own with 100%. It's the, that what we do with our finance in tithing, that step of faith, Lord, as I give you 10%, I'm going to be far better on my 90% because you're in the mix of it. It's the same thing with Sabbath. Lord, I've got so much going on. How in the world could I cease from all of this other stuff and give myself unto you to replenish in you? It's saying, God, I give you this day knowing that you'll do more in six than I could ever do on my own in seven. So we honor the Lord by bringing rest to the equation. Secondly here, we honor the Lord by doing this all in faith. Okay, a third thing that we do is we remember. Notice that it said in the commandment, remember the Sabbath. So, hey, the way people used to observe the Sabbath and the way they do now, it's really changed over the years. Our great-grandfathers called it the Holy Sabbath. Our grandfathers called it the Sabbath. Our fathers called it Sunday. And now today, we just call it the weekend. So we remember the Sabbath. Just like when we take communion, the Lord said, as often as you do this, remember me. So it was, when we take communion, it's not supposed to be this, this ritual, this dry, vain thing that we just go through the motions. But instead, it's meant to be a time where we remember the sacrifice of Christ in the breaking of his body and his dying on the cross. We remember all of his benefits that have been purchased, and we remember the high cost of sin and take inventory in our lives. That's remembering communion. Well, remembering the Sabbath is recognizing, God, you set Israel apart as a covenant people and recognized for them to be 
everything you've called them to be. They needed a, a, a regular time set aside completely and totally, a, a, a day of time set aside to be in fellowship, relationship with you. Guys, understand the context here. We walk with the Lord seven days a week, but there's something about in all of our doing, ceasing everything and pulling apart with Him for this day so that we can replenish in Him to keep looking like Jesus, for, keep being salt and light, and so forth. Okay. The next thing that we can do in remembering ties in with it is we focus on the really important things of life on Sabbath. So for me, uh, Sabbath uh, Sunday is is many uh, is is Sunday is Sabbath day. What am I trying to say here? For uh, so many of us, uh, it's a day off from work. For me, as a pastor, it's really a day that's very very full, ministering to people, ministering to the Lord. So that's why my Sabbath day winds up happening on a different day, but. Those who would say, on my Sabbath, I'll come to church, I'll worship, I'll sit under the Word, I'll be in fellowship, and I'm going to cease from all that I normally do so that I can replenish in the Lord and go do it again for another five, six days. So it's a time for us to focus. Okay, uh, also, in order to honor the Sabbath, we need to plan a day. Now, I've, I've already alluded to that, but let me just spell it out here. We need to plan that there is a Sabbath that happens. And if we don't plan it, life is too full and there's too many distractions that come. We're probably going to wind up not having it. Uh, now, interesting that the Hebrew Sabbath will begin at sundown and will go until sundown the next day. So that's kind of a neat picture. Uh, if we want to look at it from the Hebrew model, it's not even necessarily taking off, you know, okay, my Sabbath is going to be Sunday, so when I get up on Sunday morning until I go to bed Sunday night, that's my Sabbath day. You know, you would be in a scriptural pattern if you decided, hey, sundown Saturday night, uh, I'm going to move into Sabbath mode, get time with the Lord, I'll get up and I'm going to go to church and be with family and we're going to rest as unto the Lord and replenish together. And then by sundown Sunday night, well, I got to get ready for work on Monday and uh, so I got to be back in it. And, you know, hey, this is just, I'm just talking out loud thinking in our modern culture, remember it's not the day of the week uh, that is important at this point. It's honoring the principle. We have been redeemed and we have seen Jesus uh, bring completion to the law. We're not living under the law anymore, but we honor the principle, right? So we want to look at, okay, so this period of time, this day that's being planned, so however you want to do it, I just wanted to put that in as a suggestion for you. Okay, uh, so, and, and by the way, when we look at this, this has changed and this has molded uh, throughout Old Testament into New Testament into modern times here. So in the Old Testament context, uh, Saturday was a Sabbath. Uh, that because uh, in the Hebrew picture, that's the seventh day of the week, and the new week started on Sunday. In fact, that's when Jesus resurrected. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, uh, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. But notice, uh, by the end of the book of Acts, we see them coming together to break bread on the first day of the week, on Sunday. So the specific day, again, is not really as important as taking the time to do it. Uh, remember, uh, 
Colossians 2.16 says, Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or you drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moons or ceremonies or Sabbaths. So the idea is that we give the day unto the Lord, uh, and, and, and it's shifted from Old Testament to New Testament. But uh, we also, again, I mentioned earlier, we had a Judeo-Christian culture a couple of decades back. You couldn't find a store or restaurant that would even open its doors on a Sunday. You didn't find sports teams playing and competing on a Sunday. Uh, that, that has radically changed here in our modern culture, and we live in a seven-day-a-week culture. So it's possible because of your job, because of your commitments, that there are things that happen on Sunday that wouldn't allow it to be a disconnect time. Hey, I'm just encouraging you, make sure you find a time where you can do that. So, and by the way, God doesn't limit us or give a specific checklist on what we do and don't do on a Sunday, or I should say on a Sabbath day, but in the Word of God, they did do a couple of things. They came together for fellowship, they got together to pray, and they studied the Scriptures. So prayer and worship and getting in the Word, certainly being uh, in church uh, is an important thing for us to do. Again, right now we're doing that online, but there will be a time where we can come back and do that face-to-face. All right, so in conclusion, we've We've taken a look at a a couple of different angles, sort of a big picture view. All right, so what is the Sabbath as we see it in the command? Hey, it's work six days and it's have a a day off. Uh, We have also taken a look at the principle of Sabbath that it's throughout the Word of God. And because of that, even though Jesus fulfilled the law, we still honor principle of Sabbath. And then we looked at a bunch of things that we can think about and how we as New Testament believers can honor the Sabbath. Listen, more than ever before, our culture and all of the modern conveniences that we have through internet and social media and so forth uh, have probably made this principle of Sabbath more necessary than ever before. There's more and more studies that are coming out that are showing uh, the, the toxicity of living 24-7 plugged into our media, living 24-7, not leaving room for there to be these rhythms that God has wired into humanity. I have a book that I finished reading recently uh, by uh, a guy who studied both from the medical doctor side as well as from the psychology side, just how important sleep is. You know, God has wired it where we as human beings, we need sleep every day to rejuvenate us as human beings. And we need Sabbath and rest to happen on a regular basis so that we can go long haul for God. Remember I said earlier in the Old Testament, God's people, part of God having such a severe punishment for breaking the Sabbath is he needed God's people to not backslide. He needed them to not become like the rest of the world. They needed to be those that would show the world Messiah and show the world what it was like to be God's people. That principle is still true for us here today as modern-day New Testament Christians. God has called us to be a city on a hill. He's called us to be salt and light. As a matter of fact, Matthew 5, 14, uh, down through verse 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know how it is for you, but even on a daily basis, I experience uh, what's called the law of diminishing returns. In other words, I get up first thing in the morning and I am so clear in my brain for my best problem solving, my best creativity, uh, my best ability to tackle tedious and mundane things. In other words, things that I couldn't get my mind around doing the night before. I had fresh gas in my tank after getting a good night's sleep. Hey, I also noticed when I haven't had a good night's sleep, I'm not my best self. I'm a crankier gym. I'm a grumpy gym. You know, but when I get a good night's sleep, I'm a happier gym. You know, and, and I'm sure the same goes on for you. Maybe we could miss a day here and there, but if we don't allow the rhythms that God designed into our lives to happen, we're not going to be that light on a hill. We're not going to be that light that, that is meant to show the world what God looks like. Right? In the Old Testament, the commandments were written on stone. In the New Testament here, they're written on our hearts. And we, as we uh, let God show through us, right, because now he's living inside of us, God's commands are written on our hearts. And, and if we don't honor these rhythms of rest, we're not going to give the world the best version of us that God wants them to see. So, hey, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 says it this way. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. I love this. This is in the message version, by the way. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That, that's an opportunity that the Lord has given to each and every one of us every single day as we walk through the Lord, as we walk with the Lord in all of our comings and goings in life. So I, I, I know this isn't a message on daily rest and taking care of our physical body and getting sleep every night. Um, I wanted to bring that point out uh, to acknowledge if we need that on a daily basis, God is also reminding us here today on, on a regular basis, he says on a weekly basis, if we'll pull apart and let him re-energize us, the greatest level of carrying and protecting and keeping his anointing and, and, and what God desires to do through us, we'll protect that, we'll foster it so that it's something that with endurance we can run the race, right? Aren't we called to do that? With endurance, run the race that he has called us to run. So I pray that God has encouraged your heart today. I want to close us in prayer. And I just want to invite you, again, in, in the midst of this season that we're in, to take some inventory and to take some stock in how you've been living. And also acknowledge. Now, now if we have some of you where you're... Uh, uh, essential jobs and you're working as first responder, uh, working a, a, as a nurse, somebody in the medical field, I want you to know I am regularly 
pretty much daily crying out for God to anoint you because you're walking through this crisis season and you're shouldering so much of the burden in this time. So in this season, it's, it's all the more so figuring out how can you care for yourself and how can you let God refresh you. Um, but for many of us, you know, it's, it's, we've been forced to be in our home and, and so many of the opportunities that would pull on us, now they're gone. I would encourage you, take some inventory and use this time to say, how can God get the best of me? And I would say finally, before I pray, uh, as far as application, you know, moving away from this message here, really give some thought, all right, so God, whether it's next week or in three weeks or however long, when we go back to whatever new norm that we step into and the world opens up again, Lord, how am I going to make sure that I prioritize this principle of Sabbath rest living in the rhythms of your grace? It's all throughout the Word of God. We can't escape it, even here in the New Testament. So Jesus is our Sabbath rest in the day-to-day. But how is it that we're going to live giving a day set apart for Him so that we can go long haul for God and always give the world around us His best through us? Let's pray. Father, here this morning, we thank you so much for your word and for your love for us. And again, we're recognizing and acknowledging the the sobriety of your word that you have said Sabbath rest is so very important. And Lord, we repent for every place where we've not acknowledged it, Lord, where we've not made room for it. Lord, we thank you. You've given it to us as a gift You've given it to us so that we could stay healthy, spirit, soul, mind, and body. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us take inventory. Lord, we pray that you'd help us figure out how to walk out Sabbath in our uh, weeks and in our months. And Lord, together as a church family, we do pray for those who are in a season right now where um, they're shouldering the brunt of this crisis that we're walking through. And we pray for supernatural anointing to be upon them. Lord, physically, emotionally, mentally, Lord, sustain them until they can get the rest and the reprieve that they need. Lord God, we just thank you for them. We thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for working in our lives uh, through this series. And Lord, even in the commandments that come, the guardians that come moving forward, Lord, bring lasting life change as a result of this series that we're looking at. God, we give you praise for it. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.